you are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to another crossover episode of Locked On Chiefs and the Locked On Washington football team. I am Chris Clark. And he's David Harrison. We are going to be covering this crossover episode, but we want to thank you for making the Locked On Chiefs and the Locked On Washington football team your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. David, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Uh, I would love to say I'm doing well, <laughs> yeah. uh, but with the way this team is playing, that wouldn't probably be accurate. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, experience or experience, expectations. Uh, are, are, you know, uh, a word that I'm not going to say on the air here. But, I mean, it, it, you know, you come in with, with the expectations that the Kansas City Chiefs had surrounding them, which, are, I mean, it's ex- it's expected to have those expectations, right, coming off of two Super Bowl trips, one win, one unfortunate loss, but then coming in here and, and yeah, starting off two and three, definitely not uh, the way that everybody expected that to go. But as we enter this weekend, Chris, I mean, storylines are always going to be kind of the key uh, to the way the games are broken down, especially early in the game. Then the game develops its own storylines within it. Um, so for Washington fans who are just kind of watching in, in stunned disbelief at this two and three record for Kansas City Chiefs, what is what is the biggest storyline entering this weekend coming from the Chiefs side of things? You know, I have to wonder if it's going to be injuries because I'm sitting here looking right now, and that's why I keep looking off screen. Uh, multiple players didn't practice today. Chris Jones, Anthony Hitchens, Tyree Kill, Shavarius Ward, Joe Tooney, Blake Bell did not practice today. Uh, those are some very big names with Chris Jones and Tyree Kill specifically. Joe Tooney is another big name, so that's going to be something that you're not liking going forward as well. Uh, I do think that injuries could play a part in this game for Kansas City, uh, but that is definitely something that I'm not looking forward to right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, injuries on the other side of the ball as well, and that's something that the Washington football team has also been dealing with. I think every team to a certain extent is dealing with injuries, especially at this point in the game, but some teams maybe hit a little bit harder uh, than others. And, I mean, for Washington alone, you look at three of their top uh, – or two of their three, rather, top wide receivers coming into the season. You're expected to have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and De'Ami Brown, the third-round draft pick, but De'Ami Brown misses uh, last weekend with a concussion. Who knows if he's actually going to play this weekend – Curtis Samuel last week, it was his second week back from a groin injury that cost him months of practice preparation. He was already on a pitch count the week he came back in the first place. And then he actually ends up leaving last weekend's contest and not returning. So now there's more questions about that. So right off the bat, you know, two of your three top receivers are off the field. And then you wonder if Terry McLaurin is going to be able to do anything with defense, only really having to worry about him because the next guy on the depth chart, no offense to him by any means, is Adam Humphreys, who a very, very good short yardage technician but not a whole lot you know, going on there. But then you flip to the quarterbacks as well, and uh, I don't know if there's any quarterback questions. You know, I've watched some some Chiefs games. I've watched some Chiefs uh, film, and I think Patrick Mahomes still kind of looks like Patrick Mahomes, but I wonder if maybe there's a question surrounding your quarterback situation more on the defensive side of things and our opposing defenses figuring out Patrick uh, as Washington tries to figure out their own quarterback situation. Yeah, and you're looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick missing another game. Uh, Taylor Heineke is going to be your starter. Obviously, that's going to be something that will play to the Chiefs' advantage, at least as opposed to playing Fitzpatrick. Uh, when you start looking at the Patrick Mahomes situation, I don't know exactly what it was last week against the Bills, but he definitely did not look like the normal quarterback that we're, we've come accustomed to. He was missing, I can count off the top of my head, at least three or four throws that he missed short, and we're not talking like, 20 yard throws we're talking about 10 to 15 yard 
in routes uh, that he just threw at people's feet or a couple yards short of them. And yes, it was raining, so maybe there's some of that that played into it. Uh, but there's definitely questions there. And then you bring up a great point, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Uh, but when you start looking at what they're able to do with Patrick Mahomes and how they're slowing this Chiefs offense down right now, they've completely taken away the deep ball. They've, you know, they're going to cover two where the safeties are back, and that's really helped them help defenses slow Mahomes down in this Chiefs offense. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned cover two, and that's kind of a perfect topic segue into one more Washington football team uh, major headline coming into this weekend. That is the the struggles of the defense, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit more. But mm-hmm. fans and media alike starting to ask questions to head coach Ron Rivera about scheme changes. Some are even kind of taking that step into, is Jack Del Rio really the right guy for defense coordinator here uh, in the nation's capital? I don't think we should get that far just yet. You know, five weeks into the NFL season, I don't think we're to the firing point of, of things just yet. But then we talk about cover two. Last weekend, we saw Landon Collins playing as a single high safety in, in cover one coverage. And, and Landon Collins, even in his best days, Pro Bowl days, was not a cover, a, a single high safety type of guy. So you see the yeah. Washington football team defense doing things like that. And he's got struggles in other places that we'll get to as well. So a lot of conversation going around this defense while other opposing defenses are making Patrick Mahomes look a little bit more domestic than I think people are used to doing. So we're going to get into all those topics, Chris. On the other side of this, these quick messages, I'm going to ask you first. I'm going to grill you about the Kansas City Chiefs. Dive a little bit deeper into this 2-3 and three start because that is that is an interesting storyline this season, unfortunately, that you have to cover right in the middle of it. And we're going to do so thanks to friends like those at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, it's literally impossible for your local chain store or your car dealership, whether you're in the DMV, whether you're in Kansas City, whether you're anywhere else, in this country, you are not going to find every single part you might ever want, all the options. Instead, you're gonna get what the counterman has in their warehouse that their dealership or their chain store happens to carry. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com and better yet, their prices are always reliably low. If not, you're gonna end up spending 30, 50, even 100% more sometimes at those chain stores and dealerships than you will with our friends over at rockauto.com. They've got everything you possibly need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Head over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Segment two here at the Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Washington football team crossover Thursday special Locked On Podcast Network episode that we do every single week. Chris Clark, David Harrison, come at you for this. And Chris, we've already kind of touched a little bit on this start and and I hate to ask you kind of like a a speech deter, uh, uh, generating question, but I mean, the best way I can think to ask this question, man, is how do we get to two and three as the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I will say there are a couple of things that stick out to me. One, Kansas City's schedule early on has been very tough. They're playing against the Ravens. They played against the Bills. They played against the Chargers. I think all three of those teams have the ability to be playoff teams, so I will say that. But really, if you look at the thing, if you look at things right now for Kansas City, you're looking at turnovers, turnovers, and turnovers. If Kansas City's turning over the ball in, in some of their losses, in the Baltimore loss, they turn over the ball twice. In the other two losses with the Chargers and the Bills, they turned the ball over four times. You cannot win in the NFL if you're going to turn the ball over that much, especially when you're playing a team like the Bills, who is going to take advantage of those turnovers and score points, and that's exactly what they did at times. But, you know, you look at the Chargers, the the Chiefs were able to keep them from scoring a lot of points off those turnovers, but it was still too much to overcome. 
Yeah, and, and we we the uh, Washington football team fans and, and we here at the Lockdown Watch Football Team podcast know all too well about the Buffalo Bills taking advantage of turnovers as well. Uh, something that Taylor Heineke has struggled from time to time with uh, as well. And I want to go back to last season. So my listeners know your listeners if they were if they go back to the Super Bowl run last year they also know because they heard from me they heard from my co-host James Jarko over the Locked On Bucks podcast. And without being disrespectful, because obviously this team made the Super Bowl, so it's not like it's a bad unit, but I've, I viewed the defense as kind of the weakness of this team from, from a three-phase standpoint, right? And I looked at the, the, the improvements or the efforts to improve the defense over the offseason, and I remember telling you know James Jarko, specifically Chris Russell, my co-host here at the Lock and Watch Football Team podcast, I'm like, I don't think the Chiefs did enough to really get better on the defensive side. And the problem with being good for so long is eventually people kind of start figuring out the recipe to try to, to to stifle some of the things you're doing, you know, keep Tyreek Hill in front of you on all that stuff on offense. And if they don't get that defense rolling to be able to keep up and keep up with the pressure, and then they lose Sammy Watkins over the over the offseason. And again, not really an upgrade there with McCall Hardman. I think McCall Hardman, his ceiling, maybe his ceiling is higher than Sammy Watkins, you know, where, where he's going to end up hitting in his career. But I don't think McCall Hardman is there quite yet. Do you feel like this team did enough in the offseason to shore up some of these shortcomings or do you think maybe they were overconfident and didn't feel like they needed to or do you think it's just a matter of like you said that playoff schedule kind of having an early impact i you know i I really want to say and i need to be careful how i say this because i think that what is happening with this defense right now is i think time is catching up to it in some positions and i think that's really what's hurting it uh, let's start at the front of the defense. You move Chris Jones to defensive end. I think he played very well there week one, but he's had an injured wrist the past couple of weeks, and they actually kept him out of this last game. Frank Clark hasn't been healthy, so that doesn't help you in that situation. He hasn't been able to get after the quarterback because he's only played in two games now, uh, and I don't believe he has a sack. Then you bring in a guy like Jaron Reed, who you think is going to give you interior pressure when you're moving Chris Jones outside, and he hasn't been effective this season. Uh, and that's a big problem because when you don't get interior pressure and you're not getting any pressure on the outside, then people have all the all day to throw and your defense isn't going to look very good. Then if you take it back a notch and you get back to the linebacker level, Willie Gay missed the first three games. Uh, and, you know, actually he missed the first four games. I apologize. He missed the first four games. He is their speed at that position. And they put in Nick Bolton, who I think can be a good player, but Nick Bolton is supposed to be more of a middle linebacker type than a will linebacker. So when you take away the speed that Willie Gay has and you put in a guy like Bolton who doesn't have any speed, you're not going to be able to cover the tight ends very well. You're not going to be able to cover the running backs very well. Willie Gay came back. The defense looked a little bit better in the second half when Willie Gay was playing. Uh, And then you look at what Anthony Hitchens has done, who is the middle linebacker this year and probably gone next. He's lost a step, it looks like, this season. Uh, You have a guy in Ben Neiman who generally will know where he's supposed to be, but he's not Mm -hmm. fast enough to really play and be a starter at this level, and he's still starting. So I think that's a big problem there. Then you move it back to the back end of the defense, and you've got a guy in Daniel Sorensen who has just fallen off Mm -hmm. a cliff this season. He's lost a step or two. He's missed 12 tackles. I think, no, 11 tackles or 12 tackles in the first five games. And for a safety, you don't want them missing that many tackles most of the season. He's done it in five games. I think the Broncos have missed 12 tackles all season as a team combined. So you have those problems. Sorensen has always been in the right place. He hasn't been in the right place the first five weeks. Uh, He just looks like he's a step slower. And Kansas City doesn't look like they're willing to play a guy like Juan Thornhill, who has shown that he has the ability to play the back end. Uh, You talked about Lanny Collins not being the type of safety that should be a cover one. You know, 
safety doing that type of thing, that's definitely who Daniel Sorensen is. He has no business being at the back end of the defense, and it burned them multiple times against the Bills on mm. Sunday night. So let's talk coaching staff then. So if they're if, if teams are kind of catching up a little bit, right? And that's really honestly what it kind of looks like. And I think your point about playoff caliber talent is, is definitely something that maybe is a little underrated. But then you look at our own network's power rankings. I mean, the Chiefs are still, you know, they're still up there in the rankings to a certain extent. So I think a lot of people are still kind of saying, yeah, two and three, you know, that looks bad. But this is still the Chiefs, guys. Come on. This is still Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid. They're going to figure it out. How much confidence is there in Andy Reid in, in riding the ship here? Do you think it's going to be one of those situations that we've seen across the NFL at times before where a coach kind of digs their heels in and says, no, our way is the right way. We just have to keep doing what we're doing and it'll figure it out. Or do you think there's a change, even slight changes in the schematics and the way they use certain players, maybe align players coming uh, to get this thing corrected? I'm hoping that they will start making some changes, but it's really hard for me to know that. Uh, I think Thornhill played a little bit more in the second half against the Buffalo Bills. I think that helped because the Bills didn't score as many points in the second half as they did in the first. Uh, and then you look at a guy like Willie Gay, who did play, and he played better in the – or he helped them in the second half. So they got some speed back at that position. I think that helps as well. Uh, I think if Chris Jones can get back, I think that's a big help. But really what it comes down to is can they get to the point where they can stop making mistakes on offense? Because – to be fair, I don't think that the defense matters near as much for this team as it would other teams if they don't turn the ball over as much as they have. If you're not turning the ball over three or four times a game, which is what they've done over the past couple of weeks, other than the Eagles game, mm -hmm. you're going to win games because this offense is going to be able to put points up. If you look at what they did against the Eagles, what, five touchdowns or six touchdowns and yeah. seven drives where they're trying to score, I, you know, you just – at that point, your offense is clicking, and I know the Eagles don't have a great defense, but the Eagles are the type of team that they're going to be playing the next three weeks, no offense to the Washington football team or the Giants or the Tennessee Titans. It's not another team like the Bills or you know even the, the Chargers or the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, I think coming into the season, a lot of people were hoping, and I, thought, I think there was a lot of hopefulness inside the Washington football team franchise that maybe they were going to become – one of those teams, not a seven to nine division winner, but a legitimate division winner and playoff contender. And, and unfortunately right now it hasn't quite worked out, uh, but obviously we'll talk about that here in a minute. My final question for you really doesn't have to do with this game, but really it's kind of my own morbid curiosity. And I think enough NFL fans in general uh, are within both fan bases and especially your fan base uh, to, to talk about this. So the Las Vegas Raiders, obviously a huge uh, you know, franchise shaking headline happening and, and John Gruden no longer the head coach there. Eric Bieniemy. I mean, every year, every coaching carousel, Eric Bieniemy's yeah. name comes into it. Obviously, I don't think it's going to happen during the regular season. They'll go the temp coach, you know, the, the the provisional status and all that stuff through the end of the season. Then they'll interview guys. Eric Bieniemy is one of the names on top of that list for for all the good reasons, all the right reasons. Is this finally it? I mean, is this the year that, that Eric Bieniemy, the offseason coming up, which, I mean, we, it's weird to talk about in week five, but, hey, we're here. Um, is this it? Is this Raiders' job going to be the one he finally gets? Or – do you think maybe uh, that there's, they're going to go in a different direction? How do you feel about that? Okay, so I need to be careful how I answer this. I do think that BNB <laughs> could be the coach. Uh, uh -huh. I just wonder, and I wonder if you look at what happened with the Raiders and you look at why Gruden is gone, it's because of what he said in past emails. So going with a minority coach, and to be clear, I want to say this up front, Eric BNB deserves to be a head coach. In my opinion, he absolutely deserves to be a head coach. It has nothing to do with minority or not. 
But yeah. I do think that that could play a role into who the Raiders choose because they want to go the opposite direction of what they were doing before. Uh, and I could see that happening. I don't know that he ends up going to Las Vegas. I think it's possible. Uh, Bet Online, our, our partners, and we'll talk about them here in just a moment, do believe that he's probably the front runner for that job. And I think that makes a lot of sense. But generally speaking, Andy Reid's coaches haven't gone to go face him in the same division. It's usually yeah. another conference, even not necessarily even the same conference. So uh, while it's possible that Eric Bieniemy ends up there, I think he deserves to be the head coach of a football team somewhere next year. And if he's not, I really don't know what the problem is because the NFL is doing it wrong, in my opinion. I think he's a fantastic coach and he absolutely deserves it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 years, you know, multiple years too late. Uh, yep. Whenever he gets the job, it's going to be too late. So I completely agree with you there. And, and like you said, Ben Online has him as one of those favorites. And it would be interesting. I mean, you, you talk about coaching trees. Uh, if one of those limbs were to detach, go to Vegas, and then come back twice a year, try to smack Andy Reid's own team yep. back down in the standing. So something something to watch for sure. Absolutely. And like we were talking about Ben Online, I think it's plus 600 is what they have on that bet right now for Eric Bieniemy to be the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. We are back and we are better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. You start looking at what the Chiefs are doing, what the Washington football team is doing, and even what the Raiders are doing at this point because of uh, things like the head coaching job that is open. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, and to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Flip it over to the other side of the ball. Obviously, a big thing for the Washington football team is they lost Brian Fitzpatrick going into this, you know, going into later in the season. And how do you think that Taylor Heineke has played so far? Do you think that he is maybe going to be a more of a long-term answer, or is this just trying to get them through the rest of the season? Yeah, Taylor Heineke so far up to this point has done pretty much exactly what I expected him to do, and that is to look like a very inexperienced quarterback with some very solid talents and and that's pretty much what he's done we saw a really good version of taylor heineke in atlanta uh still made a little bit of a few bad decisions but they didn't really come back to bite the team in the butt they come out with a win there uh, we saw a really bad version of taylor heineke against the buffalo bills not a lot of running not a lot of use of his athleticism a lot of standing in the pocket even uh, when he didn't necessarily have to and a lot of forced passes bad decisions led to takeaways led to ended drives too early giving the Buffalo Bills, you know, extra extra possessions, which, as we already stated, you can't do that against a team yep. like the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, expectedly, they come out with with a very serious loss from that week. And then last week against the New Orleans Saints, really, we kind of saw a little bit of both. Um, and I think that's kind of part of the, you know, you you kind of under you gotta do it, overdo it, you got to underdo it, and then eventually you kind of hit it right in the middle. And hopefully you start to build a little bit of consistency. Um, arm strength is not top shelf, you know what I mean? That And that's just kind of what it's going to be. There's only so much arm strength you can develop in your human body so his arm strength kind of is what it is um as far as whether or not he can carry the team through the rest of the season right now they don't really have a choice because even like a cam newton and you know plenty of fans and even some media members have brought him up i don't think cam newton comes in and really makes things all that much better 
uh, at this point in time. And then you just created a quarterback controversy because he's not coming in to be a backup. So you bring him in, you're benching Taylor automatically. And then if Cam doesn't do well, what are you going to do? You're going to bench Cam? Well, now you've got a problem on your hands uh, because, again, he's not coming to be a backup. And at two and three, the other issue is is Cam's not going to be able to come in and play the first week. He may not be able to play for, what, three weeks? Just trying to get up to speed on the offense. And at that point, if you're if you lose the next three games, which I'm not saying they're going to, but if they lose the next three games, then you're sitting at two and five. Right. And is that really going to be something that you really want to do? I mean, they play the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Broncos the next three weeks. So yeah. that's not going to be an easy schedule. I think the Broncos right. game's a little bit easier than the other two, but still going to be a big question mark. Uh, I can definitely understand why you would want to continue down the road with Taylor and see what he can do. It also could help you in the draft. So that's something to watch as well. You mentioned the wide receiver position earlier, and McLaurin is one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel is a guy that I was really high on, and I thought that he was going to do great things in, in with Washington, but he's hurt so far. So how does Washington really adjust offensively to losing the other two wide receivers that they were counting on this year? Yeah. Because they don't have – I mean, Logan Thomas is an okay tight end. He's not great. Uh, but, you know, you have a running game that's doing decent, but you really don't have the pass weapons to be able to open up the running game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really been, you know, the offensive unit has really been hit by injuries, you know, incredibly hard. You start with Ryan Fitzpatrick there. Logan Thomas is injured uh, as well. And then you talk about De'Ami Brown uh, earlier. We talked about Curtis Samuel. And really, you just – you kind of have Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson even, for as, as consistent as he's kind of been with his production, he's, he's dealing with injuries, you know. So it's just – at every at every position, Brandon Scherf, you know, they're all pro guard, also dealing with injuries. Sam Cosme, the rookie right tackle, also dealing with injuries. So I mean, all across the board on that offense, it's just it's just been a battle just to keep guys on the field. Um, I think really at the end of the day, Scott Turner, the offense coordinator, is going to have to kind of open things up a little bit. And that kind of seems weird. Usually, when you talk about missing weapons, you kind of talk about simplifying and maybe bringing things in. But the more you simplify, the more you bring things in, the more defense is just going to hone in on Terry McLaurin, and the more they're going to handcuff your offense because DeAndre Carter, a wide receiver that kind of, I don't want to say broke out, but he had a really good game last weekend, 62 yards against the New Orleans Saints, really kind of showed that he could be a contributor. He's, he's, he's got some, you know, he's obviously an NFL talent wide receiver. Dax Milne, rookie out of BYU, is impressive for a late-round draft pick, but again, he's impressive for a late-round draft pick. Adam Humphreys, right. short yardage guy, third-round conversion guru, but that's really all you're going to get out of him. Anything eight yards plus, you're really not going to get from Adam Humphreys, and then their best receiving tight end outside of Logan Thomas is Ricky Seals Jones, who is a veteran that's bounced around the league. He's bounced around the league for a reason. So if I'm Scott Turner, I'm opening things up. If anything else, just to thin out the defense a little bit, and hopefully I can find a receiver, a tight end, a running back that can find space to give Taylor Heineke an open target. Or if they're all turning their backs and running in man coverage, Taylor can find some room to run. Yeah, and this is definitely going to be a week that you hope that they can start getting some kind of continuity on offense and to get things going because this Chiefs defense has been so bad. But if we flip it over to the other side, what I'm really surprised about with with the Washington football team right now is their defense isn't playing like what I expected them to play like. What have you yeah. seen from them so far this year? Inconsistency. I mean, that's really yep. the only way you can you can say is inconsistency and it starts up front with that defensive line. You know, a lot of people were talking about the Washington defense maybe being a top five unit in 2021 and that started with the defensive line that was perhaps the best unit in the national football league all four starters are all first round draft picks uh and when i talk about consistency i mean to to a man jonathan allen started off the year really solid three sacks in two games hasn't had a sack since deron Payne got his first sack last weekend chase young got his first sack last weekend montez sweat entered the season with two straight games with a sack extended his nfl leading streak to five games hasn't had a sack or has has had one sack since uh week two 
So it's just, you know, they're all doing, they're all talented. They're all very good players. You know, uh, Chase Young's first sack last weekend is a strip sack of Jameis Winston, gives the gives, uh, the Washington football team the ball in plus territory, and that's great. But nobody else really kind of showed up for that game other than one sack from Deron Payne, and then it's just pick your game. And two, one or two of the guys on the defensive line are really showing up and flashing, and the rest of them aren't. And that's basically what it's been. And then from there, you just kind of you just kind of back up that impact throughout the rest of the defense and linebacking core, which is already the weakest part of the defense, suffering an injury with John Bostic going out and teams have been spreading them out. We expect the Kansas City Chiefs to spread them out. So Cole Holcomb's going to get a lot of snaps, but that means first-round draft pick Jamin Davis is pretty much sitting on the bench. And then you talk about the back end, a lot of miscommunications, a lot of guys kind of playing out of, out of, out of uh, positions. Landon Collins talked about it, that uh, he, he kind of explained a play where he was a single high safety in the formation, got burned by Deontay Harris, that they were trying to disguise things. Well, the way they disguised Landon Collins being the single high safety is he was about three yards from the line of scrimmage when the ball snapped and Deontay Harris is flying down the field because Landon Collins doesn't have those wheels on his best yep. day. So whether that was Jack Del Rio's design or Landon Collins' veteran decision, whatever it is, there's a lot of ways to disguise a defense, but disguising a slow single high safety by putting him three to five yards from the offensive line, not the way to do it, and hopefully that gets corrected this weekend. Boy, it sounds exactly like a play that happened against the Buffalo Bills for Kansas City. Uh, you know, the thing that sticks out to me, you talk about the defense and them not being consistent. The one thing that's really sticking out to me, I'm sitting here looking at your schedule and who you've played. So far this season, you have allowed more than 30 points three times out of the, in actually in all the last three games, it's been more than 30 points against the giants. You allowed 29 against the chargers. It was 20. So your defense seems to be going in the wrong direction. Uh, but man, I, with all the talent you guys have on defense, that's really what's surprising me. And I get giving up 43 to the bills. The bills are a fantastic offense. I get that. But the Falcons yeah. I, in what, what have you seen from Chase Young? Does he look like he's taking maybe a step back? I know you said he, the entire defensive line hasn't been consistent, right. but he was a, a man that was destroying people last yeah, year. Yeah, so I don't think Chase Young's taking a step back so much. I think what it is, he's not taking a step forward, and that's what I think a lot of people wanted to see in his sophomore season. Because you go back to his rookie year, um, you know, he had he had three sacks in his first four games, I want to say, but then he went, I think, I want to say he went about three games without a sack at all, uh, and then he only had one sack in a span of about six games before ending the season, really with kind of a flurry of sacks there in the last few games. And that's really kind of what clinched the Defensive Rookie of the Year award for him. So a lot of people kind of hoped that that productivity that you saw at the end of the regular season was a sign that he was going to build that consistency. So coming into the season, that's what people wanted to see. Instead, what we get is we get a four-game streak of no sacks from him. Granted, he could have had a sack against the Atlanta Falcons. Instead, he gets a roughing the passer uh, penalty for going too high on Matt Ryan. So theoretically, he could have had two sacks this season. But even then, you're not getting that consistency you want where you see a, a pass rusher a disruptor who is active every single weekend. And, you know, Sam Darnold or Sam Darnold, Aaron Donald is not going to get a sack every weekend, but he's definitely going to be involved in the backfield and in the quarterback's yeah. grill every single weekend. That's just not what we're seeing from Chase Young. He's he's getting some double teams. He's getting some chips. But for him to take that next step to become one of the top pass rushers in the NFL, he's got to become a guy who, despite the double teams, despite the chips, uh, because that's what the best guys in the league get, and you still have to be productive if you want to be one of the best, and that's what he wants to be. That's what Washington wants him to be, and quite frankly, that's what the media and the fan base around the team are going to expect from a number two overall pick. So it's not that he's going backwards. It's just that he's not moving forward, and that's part of what drove all the expectations on the defense this year was his his ability to move forward. 
Yeah, his ability to ascend, continuing yeah. going forward, and I understand that's a you know it's definitely something that you got to watch. David, thank you so much for coming on. We really do. I really do appreciate it. I really enjoy these crossover episodes. It's a lot of fun to get to talk to the other hosts about their teams, get more information. What do you think is really going to be one of the keys for this game for the Washington football team? I think it's going to be Taylor Heineke. I think Taylor Heineke, you got to see the smart Taylor, you know, uh, more anticipation on his throws. Again, he doesn't have the arm strength uh, to get the ball there super fast. So if he's late on a pass, it's it's too late. You know, he can't be, again, like Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes can be late on a route because he's got a bazooka attached to his shoulder so he can get the ball in there fast enough. Uh, Taylor Heineke, Heineke does that, it's going the other direction. Exactly. And I'm looking at Tyron Matthew. I mean, if he if he's late... <laughs> Uh, especially on anything, you know, eight, eight to 10 yards or deeper. If he's late on that thing, Tyra Matthew might be uh, making a visit to the Washington football team end zone, uh, courtesy of Taylor Heineke. So that's what we got to start seeing is more anticipation, more trust in the routes. Look, a lot of people talk about his newness. And again, I kind of give him credit for that too. I mean, this is only his fifth uh, career start, I want to say, in the regular season anyway. But he's been in a Scott Turner offense for five years now. We actually had a guest on the Locked to Watch football team podcast that pointed that out himself. The, uh, Scott Turner and Taylor Heineke have been together for a while through their NFL trips together, even though Taylor hasn't gotten a lot of regular season snaps. So he should be extremely familiar with this offense. The fact that he's not confident ties back to the experience and the execution, but this guy's got to get confident. He wants to be the leader of this team moving forward. He wants the starting job. Even when Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is back, he's got to start showing some of the confidence that he says up front in front of the cameras on the field. And that starts with anticipating throws, throwing guys open and trusting that your guy is going to be where they're supposed to be and the defense is doing what they're and, and what you see in the defense rather. Um, that's what we're missing so far. If we start seeing that this weekend against Kansas City, like you said, there is the ability to put up some yards, some points against this defense. And that would give a lot of confidence in a guy like Taylor, because even though the chiefs defense isn't their strong suit, it's the chiefs. So if you put up yards and points against the chiefs, everybody thinks you've done something really amazing. Yep. Thank you very much, David. Really appreciate it. And I hope everybody enjoyed this episode, the crossover episode of Locked On Chiefs and the Locked On Washington football team. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday, and we will talk to you tomorrow. All right, Washington football team fans, hopefully you enjoyed that crossover with Chris Clark and myself, host of Locked On Chiefs podcast, and you know me, one of your hosts here at the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Again, we appreciate you guys making this show your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Peacock and Williamson. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms, so make sure you check that out and check us out tomorrow. Chris and I will be back together to wrap up this week, give our final predictions, make some bowl predictions, score predictions, key players, players of the game, all of that stuff coming back tomorrow, and we will get caught up on some voicemails. We've got a voicemail out there uh someone had had some uh, some words to say in reaction to uh to my quarterback take to our quarterback take on taylor heineke from earlier in the week we have not forgotten about you we are going to get to those voicemails we're just gonna have to do so here at the end of the week to wrap it up so again until we speak again if you're out about please be safe be kind to one another and thank you for joining me right here at the locked on washington football team podcast